The Lord be with you. Jesus is baptized, and he hears a voice from heaven say, He is my Son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. And we may think to ourselves, Wow! Imagine how good that must make you feel. Imagine what promise is in store for your life to hear God say, You are my Son. I love you. I am pleased with you. But if you look at Jesus' life, from this moment on, it kind of goes downhill. Yeah? Right? The next thing that happens immediately is he goes out into a desert and doesn't eat for 40 days. And then he spends the next three years of his life wandering around from city to city, never having a stable place to live. And eventually his friends betray him, and he gets crucified. And all this sort of seems to start with his baptism. All the burdens start flowing from that point on. And yet we try to convince everyone we meet as Christians to get baptized. So what's the selling point here? And it may be, we could say, well, you know, not everyone who gets baptized, not everyone who hears God say, you are my beloved child, has this happen to him. For instance, today we read about Paul. Yeah? Admittedly, once Jesus claims Paul, burdens start piling up for him too. He, he gives us a whole list of them today. He says he has afflictions and uh, he gets beatings and he gets riots and imprisons. Uh, and he has sleepless nights, and he goes hungry, but he doesn't get crucified. He gets beheaded, you know, so you take your pick. And once again, right, this question of, okay, if all these burdens seem to come once you get baptized, why in the world would you want to do this? Why would you want to hear God say, you are my child, the beloved with whom I am well pleased? Only trouble seems to come from that. Well, I will tell you, I am someone who, like Jesus, has the privilege of having not one, not two, but three people call me their beloved son, right? Jesus has Mary, Jesus has Joseph, and Jesus has God. Well, I have my mom and my dad, but I also have my stepmom, and I am blessed to have all three of these people call me their beloved son, and I will tell you, it has been hard throughout my life. And the main reason it has been hard is because these three people haven't always lived in the same place. My mom and my dad, they divorced when I was three years old, and my dad was in Washington State, and my mom moved back to Albuquerque in New Mexico. And so from ages three to five, I lived with my mom in Albuquerque. But then as my dad and my stepmom prepared to get married, my dad had a sabbatical, and so our whole family, me, my dad, my stepmom, and my two step-siblings, we all moved to Spain together for six months, and I did half of kindergarten in Spain. And that went okay, and then we came back, and I went and lived with my mom for another two years in Albuquerque, and then I went to live with my dad and my stepmom up in Washington, but my dad had a job in Walla Walla, Washington, Whereas my stepmom still lived in Pullman, Washington, where she had a job and her kids were finishing up high school. And so there were three days a week we'd be in Pullman and four days a week we'd be in Walla Walla. And then some summers I would go and live with my grandparents in Mexico. And I will say it was a little bit hard. There were some burdens in this, I'll admit that. You know, the burden of, by the time I got to sixth grade, going to 11 different schools... 
With that was the result of making friends in one place and losing them as we'd move somewhere else. And of course, I will admit, it was hard taking classes in a school where I could only really understand half the things the teacher was trying to tell me. And as as I've gotten older, I've reflected upon this experience, and I've noticed that for some people, having instability in their childhood can create a lot of trauma. I have seen people with unstable childhoods who, as adults, have deep trouble trusting folks, struggle with a sense of abandonment. And I've often wondered why I didn't end up quite that way. In the words of my loving wife, Ben, it's amazing you didn't end up more messed up. Yeah. (laughs) With all love, she says this, yeah? And look, I've got my problems. There's no doubt I've got my problems. But here's the thing. I've come to realize that in the midst of all the instability of geography that I had growing up, I had a different type of stability that was constant throughout my whole life. Because, you see, it didn't matter if I was in Pullman, Washington, or Walla Walla, Washington, or Oviedo, Spain, when I would come home from school, no matter what language the kids were speaking there, my dad and my stepmom would be at home to greet me, and we'd have dinner around the table, and after dinner, they'd pull out a book, a book of maybe Sherlock Holmes, or uh, Gerald Durrell, or I don't know if you've read the All Creatures Great and Small series, And we'd read these books around the dinner table together. And then when I'd be with my mom in Albuquerque, I would also come home from school and and we would have dinner together. And she wouldn't read to me, but after we were done eating, we would go out. And we'd go out to a concert or to a museum. And there we would meet up with friends, her friends who had children who became like siblings to me. And it didn't matter if I saw them once a year or I saw them once a week. Every time I saw them, we had that same deep connection. And when I was with my grandparents in Mexico, I would come home and we would have dinner around the table and they may not read to me or they may not take me out to an event, but they would invite our extended family to come and share that meal with us. And I came to realize that it didn't matter where I was. It didn't matter which language people spoke. It didn't matter which food was served. I would always have a parent to welcome me when I got home who would love me and care for me and be with me around that dinner table. And so I had this incredible foundation of love. I had the stability of a parent's love no matter where I was. And that stable and consistent love, it gave me power. It gave me power not to take away all the burdens that I was going through, but it gave me power in the midst of those burdens to find the blessings, the blessings I needed to get through them, and in fact to realize that maybe the burdens that I was experiencing were intended to be blessings. Because here's the thing, my parents didn't move me around just to make my life more difficult. They did it to try to love me and care for me in the best ways they knew how. My mom was in Albuquerque because she had decades of friendships there, a community of support for her, but also for me. 
My dad stayed in Walla Walla, Washington, because my whole life he had one job, a good, stable job that could provide for our family. My stepmom continued to live for a couple years in Pullman because she had a job there. And also, she wanted her kids to be able to finish out their high school in the communities where they were raised. And yes, we went to Spain sometimes, but it was a chance for us to blend our families together, to go from you know, two different families who had nothing in common to suddenly experiencing this intense adventure together where literally we were at the end of the day the only ones that we could talk to as we really wanted to. And so we learned to be family in a way that we never would have otherwise. And my grandparents in Mexico, I went to see them to recognize I had family beyond what I could imagine. These things I might have thought in the time were burdens were intended for me as blessings And it was in the power of having a consistent love, no matter where I went, that I was able to find the blessings in the midst of those burdens. And perhaps the greatest blessing that I found in the midst of all this was a deep sense of flexibility. Because at the end of the day, I came to realize it didn't matter what changed in the world outside of me. What I had within me was a constant love. And nothing could take that away from me. And so I have learned to give thanks for all that I experienced as a child. Jesus and Paul, they experienced incredible burdens in their life. They experienced those burdens not because God is trying to punish them or that's just sort of the consequence of being baptized or being claimed by Christ. No, They experience those burdens because they have first and foremost experienced the gift of God's love. That deep, unwavering love of God. And they have recognized it as such a gift that they want more than anything else in the world to share that gift with others. And to do so, they are willing to go to the places that are the most broken, the places that have the heaviest burdens to share God's love there, trusting That when they do, even in the places of those burdens, God's love will give them the power to find blessings for others and for themselves. And that love gives Paul the power to write in 2 Corinthians, we are treated as imposters and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well-known, as dying And yet, see, we live as being punished, and yet we are not killed, as sorrowful, and yet always rejoicing, as poor, and yet making others rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Paul possesses the assurance of God's love in Jesus Christ an unchanging, unwavering love for Paul no matter where he is or what happens to him. And that love allows him to say that while the world looks at him and sees him as having nothing, he in fact possesses everything because he possesses what matters most of all, the knowledge that he is loved and cared for. 
And when we see Jesus baptized today, we see Jesus receive that same promise of unwavering love. So here's the thing. As Christians, we have this idea of a trinity, that God is one divine being with three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And sometimes it sounds like just a confusing math problem. But the point of it is this, that even for God, God's foundation is being loved as much as it is loving others. And so when God becomes fully human, Jesus also needs to know that he is loved unconditionally no matter what happens to him. And so he goes to John the Baptist to be baptized. And John says, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I've been baptizing people to forgive them of their sins. Jesus, you don't need this. You should baptize me, Jesus. And Jesus says, no. Let it be so. For in this way we fulfill all righteousness. Righteousness is being in the right relationship with God and with other people. And sometimes we think that righteousness means, well, I've got to do everything I can to be perfect in myself. That's self-righteousness. That's not what we're here for. Because you see, true righteousness, being in right relationship with God, is simply knowing that God loves you as God made you to be. And from the assurance of that love, suddenly you are able to be in right relationship with everyone else. When Jesus is baptized, he comes out of the waters and the Holy Spirit alights on him like a dove and a voice from heaven says, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And the knowledge of that love lets Jesus fight the devil in the wilderness, lets Jesus seek out the people who are hurting and sick and lonely, lets Jesus love his disciples who will betray him, lets Jesus journey even into death, trusting even in the burden of death there will be a blessing, because even in death God's love will be with him. Friends, this is why we baptize. This is why we baptize people at any age, because at every age we need to know that we are loved. That no matter who our parents were here on earth, we have a Father in heaven who loves us unconditionally, unwaveringly, no matter where we are. But it is hard to believe, and so God gives us this promise imbued in water. Water which we literally cannot live without. So that if you've come home from a hard day at work where no one is speaking your language, well, you can step into a warm shower and feel that water fall over you and remember that in that water is imbued a promise, a promise that you are loved and that you are cared for, that in this burden there is a blessing for you. And when you get caught out in the rain far from home, well, there is water falling on you. Water imbued with the promise that you are loved, that you are cared for, that there is a blessing in this burden for you. 
so that on the worst day of your life, when everything has fallen apart and tears run down your face, you will realize that is water running down your cheek. Water imbued with a promise that you are loved and that you are cared for. That in this burden there is a blessing for you. And so, friends, if you are not baptized, or if your children are not baptized, come and talk to me. I want more than anything in this world to give you that promise that can never be taken away. And if you are baptized, I want to invite you into this most Lutheran of spiritual practices, to every day, when you touch water, because you will every day touch water, Use that water as a reminder of the promise that God has made to love you forever. And you can start right here in the water of this baptismal font when you come up for communion. Dip your hand in that water. Let your fingers get wet and make the sign of the cross upon your body, remembering that Jesus, with the love that he received, was able even in death to find a blessing for you. And having found that blessing, having received the assurance of that love, may you, like Paul and like Jesus, be willing to go forth into the broken places of this world, trusting that in those burdens there will be a blessing for you and the world. Amen.